0: Over the last couple of weeks we've been talking about boxes invisible boxes what we've been talking about but you know you can visualize a box all of us know what boxes are boxes are good things but they can be bad things when they when they constrain and they imprison us they they're, they're, the invisible boxes are are really Protective cartons we construct way down deep inside our souls to keep things in but not just to keep things in we construct them to keep things out as well they're invisible yet they have walls and they have boundaries and those boundaries and those walls constrict us they contain us, they limit us they limit our faith they limit our experiences with God some of you this morning could, could sense God in this in this room, but yet the box you're in wouldn't let you take that extra step. It's kind of kept you like this. You knew he was here, you could you could sense him. We're wired that way, by the way. Uh, you know when God's in the room. You don't have to wonder, is this emotion? Is this something somebody uh I'm gonna use the word conjured up because that's basically what it is. Uh, conjured up with, with, with the right kind of lights or with the right kind of music or with the right words. That That's not God. When God comes, there's no question. You know He's here. And yet, those boxes that we've been talking about, it, they limit us. They keep us from being all that we want to be, and they keep us from being all that God wants us to be. They limit us in our relationship. We can get so far, but we just can't get far enough, if that makes sense. Really, what they do is they obstruct us. They, They block what we're trying to do, and they block what God's trying to do, not just in us, but to us and through us. You see, God wants to work not just in us, but he wants to work through us. It's amazing when God brings life back into us what kind of life flows out of us. It's amazing when the body begins to function like the body's supposed to, what takes place. And folks, we lock those things up within us, in those boxes. And a lot of those things are things that need to be healed. I've just, as we were singing, and and, I I could just sense, it's it's amazing the way God set this up. Because God wants to do some healing this morning. We're going to talk about some things that, that we just don't talk about very often we smile and we say i'm fine how are you i'm fine i was going to bring a smiley face because that's basically what we put on we'll get there though jesus you heard me say this the last two weeks but he came to set us free from these emotional boxes, from these invisible boxes. We weren't created to live in in spiritual boxes, and I talked about that last week, or intellectual or emotional boxes. Last week, we we looked at the the spiritual box of religion, and and, and today I think God wants us to deal with, with some emotional boxes that some of us are still carrying around. Okay? This might not be comfortable. Okay? It just, it might not be. Jesus came, I believe, to do more than spiritually heal us. All right? I believe that Jesus came uh, to do more than that. But that's about as far as most pastors want to preach or teach. That, that's a good, safe place, and it is. You can pretty much answer most of the questions that people ask when you talk about spiritual issues. I mean, we're all sinners, and without Christ, we're going to hell. That's pretty neat, packaged to stay in but I, I really believe that the atonement which was the finished work of Christ on the cross I believe it included not just spiritual healing but I also believe it included emotional healing as well and even physical healing I believe that with that salvation Jesus purchased I believe it was complete okay okay now, we are spirit, soul, and body. Amen? Okay? When, when, we, when, when humanity fell into sin, guess what happened? Spirit, soul, and body fell. It was all damned. It was all doomed to death. That was the promise God made. If you eat of this fruit, if you disobey me, you will surely die. And Adam immediately died, spiritually speaking. His spirit could no longer sense the light of God. It could no he, he could no longer he couldn't find God on his own any longer. He was lost. He began to die emotionally. Okay? All kinds of events would take place in his life that would that would kill him emotionally. And, and you know what? He would he would kill his spouse and he would kill his sons. And they would kill their sons and daughters and their sons and daughters until we get to today, and guess what? Our emotional garbage kills our kids, and they kill their kids. Not only that, physically speaking, they begin to die. They begin to deteriorate. And the moment that we are born, that process begins. And so there was a need, not just for spiritual salvation, there's a need for for emotional salvation and physical salvation. And I believe that when Jesus died on the cross, he purchased all of it, okay? I believe that, that, that the salvation that, that Jesus paid for was total. I don't understand everything about it, okay? But that, because my, my experience doesn't limit the truth, all right? Our experiences shouldn't limit God's truth. So I believe that God has given us complete salvation, meaning he's given us life, life to our spirit by forgiving our sin. He's given life to our souls by delivering us from mental torment and from anguish. And He's given life to our body by providing healing for sicknesses and diseases. Folks, I believe God wants to heal some of us today. Now, I'm going to preach on the emotional aspect of that. But you know what? If God wants to to heal someone physically, I invite Him to come and to do it, okay? So don't limit Him because that's not what we're talking about today. We're going to talk about the, the emotional aspect of it. I believe God wants to heal and to empty some of the torments, some of the wounds, and some of the hurts that are hidden away in boxes that are stacked in our soul. And I'm, going to, I'm going to go to a passage over in, in Isaiah chapter 61. and This just happens to be the, the very passage Jesus pe- preached his first sermon from in Luke chapter 4. And it's a, it's a very key passage that, that, that pointed to the coming of the Anointed One, coming to the Messiah. And, and they're the exact words that Jesus preached that first day there in the, in the synagogue. And it said, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because He has anointed me to bring good news, to bring the gospel. The gospel is good news. Okay? And the gospel is far more than just it is to be far more than just a spiritual application. Okay? It was far it was the gospel of the kingdom. This is the way life is. When Jesus came, he came preaching. This is the way. What I'm talking about, the instructions I'm giving you, what you see me do, what what you hear me say, this is the way it is in the kingdom. And I'm placing my kingdom within you. And one day, what's within you will come out, and it will come fully, and you will be in the kingdom. Here's what life looks like. This is not something that was to happen forever and ever down the road someday, okay? It was to happen within us and to us, and wherever we go, we take the kingdom with us. The good news is supposed to go forth. That's why crowds of thousands and thousands turned out to listen. They'd never heard anything like this. It was more than just, if you accept me, when you die, you'll go to heaven. Now, that's a big part of it, but that's not all of it, okay? That's not all of it. And so Jesus says, I've, I mean, the, the, the Spirit of God says in Isaiah, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He's, he's poured out the oil on me. He's anointed me. He's put his hand on me to bring the good news to the afflicted. And if you translate that, it can be translated to the humble. Jesus says to those who are poor in spirit, he has sent me. Now, I want you to listen to these things. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, Literally, He has sent, sent me to put a splint, to, to wrap a splint around all the broken pieces and bring them back together. <clears throat> are you broken this morning? Are there places in your life that are shattered like glass? God says, I've come to put them back together. He said, He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom. In other words, openings. He's, he sent me to to open the doors of the of the house, the prison house, to those who are bound up as prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. Now we get excited about he's going to bind up the brokenhearted. He, he's gonna, uh, he's going to he's going to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners. And then we we read this last little bit to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord, and we miss. The deal, okay? What Jesus is saying, or what the Spirit of God is saying is, is when Jesus comes, he's going to proclaim jubilee. Okay, we don't don't know what jubilee is because we don't practice jubilee. But the Jews knew what it was, although they didn't practice it. Every 50 years, they were to practice Jubilee. They were to set prisoners free. They were to forgive debts. They were to, to, the land was to go back to its original owners. Everything was to return as new. It was a new day. You got to start over. You couldn't, if you couldn't handle your money, guess what? You got a new chance. And Jesus is saying God's Jubilee is about to take place. When he comes... Those that are broken are going to be put back together. Those that are bound up are going to be turned loose. And those that are in prison, the doors are going to come open. And here's here's the thing we don't understand. That day started at Calvary, and it hadn't ceased. We live in jubilee. Y'all don't get that. We live in jubilee, folks. We live under the favor of God. He's not not keeping debts. He's not making notes of what you owe Him. We're living under jubilee. And when Christ is in our life, we enjoy that. The only problem is most Christians don't enjoy life. Christ has set us free, but we haven't and are not enjoying the freedom that He's given us. I want you to let these... Let these words, a few of these words kind of echo. Good news. Who's this good news for? Well, he tells us. He says, the brokenhearted. And that word literally means those who are shattered in pieces. Who else? To the captives. Those who've been captured by some kind of enemy. To the prisoners, those who have been bound up because of of various bondage of their own making. What's the good news here? I just told you, it's Jubilee. Debts are forgiven. Prisoners are set free. Slaves are emancipated. The shattered pieces are restored. Now, all that sounds well and good, but let's get real practical here. Okay, let's just get practical. Most of y'all have been looking up here and wondering, what's all this? Well, this is a backpack. Okay? And this is a suitcase. Y'all know, y'all have seen these before. These, uh, when you travel, you take these with you to carry your stuff. But the reality is, all of us are either wearing a backpack or pulling a suitcase with emotional stuff in it. Now, yours may not be very heavy. Okay? And yours may be bulging, and you can't get anything else in there. And it may be so heavy that everywhere you go, it it slows you down. Our stuff are stored in these boxes. These are boxes, okay? These are boxes. Now, you say, well, Nelson, I can see yours. Not really, you can't. It's probably a lot bigger than what you can see. And yours probably is too. We've all got suitcases. We've all got luggage. We've all got baggage. We may wear it on our back. We may pull it. It may just be tied around our waist and we drag it with us. You know, after you get tired of pulling one of these along, you find another way. And so some, t- some people just tie a rope to them and they drag them. There are good things in here, okay? I want you to understand that. It's, it's not all negative. There are good, There's good things in here. Some of it is our accomplishments, the things that we've done. Uh, it could be our successes. It could be our victories. It could be the days when everything just went perfect. Okay, And, and I realize that doesn't happen very often, but it does happen. You've got, you got to admit, every once in a while you hit one of those days when everything just seems to go right. It, it can be good decisions that we've made. And everybody in here has made some good decisions. And you know what? There are lots of grace here, too. God's given us grace. So there are good things in our, in our backpack. There are good things in our, in our luggage. But deep down in the corners of these, there's some bad stuff. There's things we don't want anybody else to know about. And we've stuffed them as far down as we can get them, and they're hidden away from, from the eyes. I mean, when you look at this, you can't see my stuff, can you? I don't reckon anybody's got Superman vision, X-ray vision. You you can't see myself. You don't know what's inside. And when I look at you, guess what? I can't see your stuff either. But when God looks at us, He sees it. He knows exactly where it's. He knows which corner it's in. And and and, and deep down inside of these suitcases, there there are some things that, like I said, are not so good. How many of you have a past? All of us do. All of us have a past. Amen? We all got a past. And some of that past is not so good. Amen? We've all said things. We've all done things that we wished we hadn't done. And so those things are there. Uh, We failed. Anybody ever failed? Anybody ever sinned? Anybody ever made a terrible mistake? Plus, most all of us have been hurt by somebody else. We've been wounded by somebody else. We've, some of us have been abused by other people. Some of us have been laughed at. Some of us have been uh, shamed or ridiculed. And all those moments and all those experiences and all those events are registered in your soul. They're there, okay? They're inscribed on the walls of your soul in a sense. Whether you can remember them or not. They're there. Some of you may not remember some of the things that have happened to you. Some of the some of it may have been so traumatic that your your mind just wiped it clear. There there, here, there when, when something traumatic happens to us, it hits our our brain like a bullet. Okay? And God has, has done something. He's he's equipped us in such a way that that when that traumatic event hits our brain, it shatters and it's spread out all over our brain. You know why? Because if it hit like a bullet, it would destroy us. And God is a God of grace. You remember the brokenhearted who are shattered in pieces? Jesus was talking to you, if that's happened to you. He wants to gather those pieces back up and take them. He doesn't want to leave them with you. He wants to take them. You may not remember the event, but many of you can remember plenty of events. And some of those events, some of those hurts, some of those wounds haven't healed, okay? And some of them are old, okay? They're not new. They're not fresh. Let me give you a a principle that's true. Time does not heal all wounds. Okay, I've heard that. That's like sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's a lie. I'll tell you who made that up. The devil did. He also made up the the lie, time will heal all wounds. It's not the amount of time that passes. The reality of it is if, if Jesus hasn't healed that wound, it's still as raw today as the day it happened. It's what you do with the time that brings the healing. And just because you don't remember it or you can't recall all the details doesn't mean it doesn't exist and it doesn't mean that it won't affect how you act or what you think or how you respond to God or how you respond to people. The relative is is what's in our bags is the way we live. It it comes out in the way that our lifestyles. It comes out in in our words. It comes out in our actions. It it colors everything. (laughs) Folks, those kind of things are what break hearts. Those are the things that imprison us in in the enemy's jail, and they, they make countless types of bondage. And these are the boxes. These things right here that we drag around with us are the things that Jesus came to destroy. They're the things that, uh, that are unnecessary. We don't have to drag that extra baggage around. How many of you have ever been on a trip and realized you packed way too much? Okay. Or have been on a, 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 a hike and you realized, I got way too much junk in my backpack. All I needed was a bottle of water and some candy. I didn't need the radio. I didn't need those soft drinks. I didn't need this, this, and this. I just needed some water. See, that's, that's where we're at in our, in our emotional life. We're dragging around excess baggage, and it's killing us. It's killing us. Jesus came to lighten our load, okay? He came to take this stuff away. This baggage creates all kinds of little boxes, Filled with all kind of stuff we don't want to deal with. And we don't want to let anybody know about. We put on that smile. But what happens, folks, that stuff is locked up inside us. And behind that box is a hurting person. Sometimes a helpless person. And in some cases, a hopeless person. How many of you realize we're all messed up? all of us from here to the wall from that wall we're we're all messed up we all have a smile on gotta adjust my baggage a little bit okay we all have a smile on but inside we're hurting for the most part some of you some of us have been told we're worthless by people in authority over us that may have been a parent It might have been a mother or father that may have been a grandparent it could have been a brother or sister a teacher or a pastor you say well pastors don't do that yes they do too because I've talked to lots of people they've been hurt by pastors now I'm not saying that pastor knowingly did it but critical things come out of our mouth and what people hear is worthless worthless Maybe you've been called stupid, or you've been called dumb, or you've been called ugly, or fat, or lazy, or or loser, too slow, too tall, too small, too thin, too whatever you want to fit in to that blank. Those words wounded your heart. See, words do hurt. Words crush the spirit. They destroy the spirit. You can destroy a child with the wrong word at the right time. Maybe a word's wounded your heart. It's torn your heart. You ever been hit with a rock? <clears throat> I know some of you hadn't. When I was a little boy, we threw everything we'd get our hands on, okay? My day threatened us. Now, y'all can throw pine cones. Y'all can throw stuff you find in the cow pasture. You can throw anything you want, but be throwing rocks, You'll put your eyes out, okay? It wasn't a BB gun. It was rocks. And I can remember my brother. uh, uh, There were some kids. They got in an argument, and he was one of them, and they just started chunking rocks at each other. And my brother hit one of the other little boys in the head. It ripped a gash. We all got a whipping. But see, words are like rocks. When you sling the wrong word at someone it cuts I don't care what kind of smile they put on their face how tough they are it cuts down deep in the soul some of you have been wounded some of you uh, that wound is just as raw as it was the first time you heard it listen to me those words were a lie yeah but my mama said it I don't care my daddy said I don't care my pastor said I don't care God didn't say it. See, sometimes we just have to let the words, we have to realize what the words are and let God take those words from us. Some of you are carrying around words that have been spoken over you your whole life. Some of you have a suitcase filled with baggage because you believe the lie and you've hidden those, you've put those words way down deep inside Nobody knows they're there. You smile, you go on. Nobody realizes it there. Some of you, though, have been rejected. And you've been hurt by somebody that you really loved and someone who was supposed to love you. Maybe you've been abandoned. Maybe you've been abused. Maybe your heart has been shattered in a million pieces. And, and it looks like, a broken window pane, and there are shards of glass all over the place. And what you've done, you've you've gathered up all those little pieces because they're part of you. They're you. And you've gathered them up, and you've put them in a little box, and you've put them in what you consider a safe place. Maybe you've been to counseling. You've tried it. it didn't work for you. You know why it didn't work for you? Because you wouldn't open the suitcase. Maybe you've tried medication. Nothing wrong with medication, okay? Don't hear me say that. But if all it does is numb you to the pain, it's not helping you. If it's making you lifeless and it's not dealing with the pain, it's not helping you. Maybe you feel unloved and and really what, what you're saying is I'm not lovable. Nobody can love me. And because of that, you keep God kind of like this. Arm's length. Because you're afraid he'll do the same thing that somebody else did. You're afraid he'll reject you. Maybe you're drowning in feelings of unworthiness. Maybe you're unable to find the love you you so desperately hunger for because you're afraid. You're just fearful. Maybe you're here this morning and... And, you know, I'm sure there are some of us in this room this morning that are filled with, with shame. You, you were abused. You were used by somebody who wasn't anything but a predator, okay? I want you to listen to me real closer. I want, to, I want to get rid of the lies the enemy tells right here. It's not your fault. You didn't do anything to deserve it. Those are the lies of the enemy. I want, I want you to hear me say that again. You did not deserve it, you did not do anything to bring it on. That person was a predator. And they will pay the price for their sins. Okay? But it's filled you with shame. And it's made you feel less than. Listen to me. There's nobody in this room that's, that is less than. We are all, Scripture says, whether bond or free... Gentile or Jew, we are the same at the cross. Male and female, there are no better and worse. None of us are less than. That's a lie, and that's something we put in our box and we drag around with us. And we re- and the enemy reminds us about that every once in a while. He says you're less than, you're worthless, you deserved it, you got what you d- was coming to. You. Those are lies. Maybe you're here this morning and you can't look somebody in the eyes because you're so shattered, you're so ashamed that they're going to see what you feel. Listen to me. If you know Jesus Christ this morning, you're not covered in filth anymore. You're covered in His righteousness. And if you don't know Jesus Christ this morning and somebody abused you and used you, you're still not covered in filth. That filth will belong to that person, not you. What you're covered in is pain, and Jesus can heal you this morning. Maybe you're living in the shadows. You're you're fearful of speaking up. You're fearful of stepping out because you don't feel like you'll ever measure up. Maybe you feel like you're damaged goods. Maybe shame and humiliation and embarrassment are the boxes that hold you. Folks, those boxes hold us in the past. We live in the present, they keep us from stepping into our future. Okay. And I think this one fits all of us. All of us made mistakes. We've all made bad decisions, amen, that led to bad behavior that we can't undo or redo, amen. There are a lot of things in my life I wish I could get a a do-over on, but I can't. It's done. You know what? There are times I look back and I think, how could you have been so stupid? Y'all understand what I'm saying? You know what? It was stupid. And we're ashamed. And what happens is a lot of those things nobody even knows about. And we packed them in little boxes and we duct taped them up and we stuffed them down in our bag. And we carry them around. And God can't forgive us for it because we've hidden it. We put it in there, and we think to ourselves, God can't forgive me for this. I can't let anybody know about this. This sin doesn't have any forgiveness. I mean, there are people walking around, and maybe in this room, that think they've committed the unpardonable sin. Deep down inside, they believe that. Listen to me. You haven't. Okay? You haven't. You haven't. And that's what lines the baggage boxes we call our soul. There's other stuff, but, I mean, you, you can get a taste for it. The soul is the storehouse of our memories. It's the storehouse of, of our beliefs and our, our choices and our feelings and our emotions and the thoughts of our minds. And, and all those things that I've been talking about are garbage, okay? You know what garbage does when you put it in a dumpster and you don't haul it off? It starts to stink. It begins to ferment. It begins to rot. And folks, that's that's what many of us have deep down inside of here, stuff that's rotting. And we're dragging it around with us because we won't deal with it. And what happens is it poisons us. It kills us. It makes us fearful. It, It fills us with shame. And what happens is we just become shells with a smile on the outside and when somebody says how you doing oh I'm fine I'm fine we're not fine we're messed up and folks that box filled with lies is keeping us from experiencing God's mercy and his grace and his touch See, every time God wants to put His hand near us? I've got a a bulldog. Okay, I've had him since he was six year, six weeks old. He was a teeny tiny puppy. Okay, he weighs at least ninety pounds now. Have you ever watched uh, the, the the I'm trying to think of the name of the, the Christmas movie, the classic with a kid and the BB gun. Y'all y'all remember the Bumpus dogs? Christmas story. Y'all remember the Bumpus dogs? He stars in that, okay? Really. He could be one of them. I mean, he is just legs and tail, and he's a big dog. But something happened to him before I got him. And I don't know what it was, because I have never misused him or abused him or, or whipped him. I've never hit him. But every time I go to pet him, he does this. He's 90 pounds. He's a pit bulldog. Okay? Something impacted him. And every time I put my hand toward him, he does this. Now, I mean, I'll, go, I'll speak to him. He's like, blah, blah, blah he's on, He forgets about it, but it happens every time. Folks, that's the way some of us are. Every time God puts his hand toward us, we, we duck. Because we're afraid he's going to hit us. He's going to smack us. Folks, that's the lie that we've believed What's happened is we're not fine. We're hiding in places we were never meant to live. We've got boxes of shame and pain and fear and disgust. We're depressed, oppressed, and we're bound up in prison shells, and we think God's a million miles away. And some of us don't even think he cares. And that, my friend, is a box of lies. And it's a box of lies that fill, that's filled with, 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 with things that keep you from experiencing the grace and the mercy of God's healing touch. Yes, you know what? You may have been abused. You may have been used. You may have been lied to. You may have been wounded by somebody in authority. You may have been abandoned. You may have been rejected. You may have made some huge mistakes and some terrible, terrible bad choices. But God has not rejected you. He has not abandoned you. He has not abused you, nor has He lied to you, nor will He ever do those things. Folks, God loves you. God loves us in spite, not in spite, let me, let me put it this way, not in spite of what we've done or what's been done to us, but rather God loves us so much that He loves us through those things. He loves us through those things. These were things that were done to us. Okay? I want you to hear what I'm saying. They were things that were done to us, but this is not who we are. Those things don't make your identity. Jesus gives you identity. God's the one who says, you are my son, you are my daughter, you are my bride, you are the one who I have pursued with loving kindness. Folks, those things are a part of of where we've come from, but they're not who we are. Okay? Unless, they can never be who we are, but they can be a part of who we are if we don't deal with our box. Okay? Because everywhere we go, we drag it with me. Unless you give them to God, you're going to continue to drag them with you. Click, 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 click. You, You can hear it. God won't force you to open this up. Y'all do know that, don't you? He won't force you to open it up. I'm going to step up here and borrow something. Because I want to give you a picture of what God wants to do. Let's just, just for, for our purposes this morning, this is me. It's a handsome bag. It's been Samsonite. It's been all over the place. Okay? Got a lot of road miles on it. But there's stuff in that bag that God wants. And there's stuff in the bags that you carry that God wants. God won't force you to open that bag. He won't jump on your bag and rip it off of you. He won't tackle you. Okay? You may want him to, but he won't. What he will do is say, Nelson. I want you to crack open your back just a little bit. I want to show you something. Don't want to go there, God. Sorry. I'm going to keep this thing zip tight. I don't want nothing in. I don't certainly want anything to get out. And that's the way most of us live our lives. And you know what happens? Day in and day out, I drag the bag with me, and that stuff comes with me. And God just keeps going, Nelson, I really want to show you something in that bag because I want to deal with it. And when I finally decide, okay, God, I'm going to crack the bag a little bit, you know what God does not do? He doesn't run his hand down in there and jerk it out and show everybody. I was going to use a pair of underwear, but I thought it might offend you, so I chose not to, okay? Y'all know what I'm talking about, okay? God doesn't do that. He doesn't run his hand in my bag. No, what God does, he says, I'm going to shine some light right in there. You see that box? Which one, God? You know which one. The one back in the back corner. Yeah, God, I I know which one. I want you to give me that. Say what? I want you to reach in there with your hand, and I want you to put it in my hand. And until I do that, God doesn't deal with that issue. But if I reach inside that box, and I take it out, and I place it in God's hand, you know where it's at now? It's no longer in my suitcase. It's no longer in my hand. God has it. And God deals with it. It may happen just like that. And it might be a process. And when God gets that one dealt with, you know what he does? Say, Nelson, hey, that thing's still too heavy for you. I want you to crack it again. But God, we already dealt with that stuff. Yeah, but there's some more stuff in there. Yeah, yeah, but it's not, it's it's okay, that's the worst thing. No, I still want to deal with this. And so I have to do the same thing. I have to crack it open and God says, see that box right there? Yes, God, I want to deal with that. Give it to me. And we stand there quietly until I reach in there and get it. Put it in his hand. And folks, that happens over and over and over. You know the what the biblical word for that is? Sanctification. You know what God's doing? He's not just getting rid of my stuff. He's making me like Jesus. See, Jesus doesn't have all this stuff packed away. He didn't have any boxes. He didn't drag anything. The only boxes he drove around was us. Okay. I mean, I'm just, I'm just. I don't mean that in a negative way. And when he nailed himself, when they nailed him to the cross, we got nailed with him. Okay? All those boxes got laid on top of him. That's what Scripture teaches. The sin was laid on top of him. And folks, God wants to empty the boxes. He's shining his, his light into your life right now. Every one of you in this room, if you have a box, know what box he's shining at right now. I don't need to know, and nobody else needs to know. All you need to know is, yes, God, that's the box I need to deal with. And can I just can I just encourage you a little bit? I'm not saying he won't do this, but he's likely not to do this. We're afraid he's going to go for the big box, way down on the bottom first. And that's probably not how he will act. He will probably deal with a whole bunch of stuff that really doesn't make a lot of difference, and I didn't even realize was stuffed in there before he goes for that big one. You know why? He's building faith in us. He's building trust in us. Folks, this is a relationship. God's not going to use you. He's not going to abuse you. He's not going to embarrass you. As long as as your suitcase is not zipped, He's not going to embarrass you. He's not going to parade you in front of some group and make you do things you don't want to do. That's not God. Okay? That's the lies of the enemy. All God's doing is asking you right now gently to give him whatever has been hurt or wounded or limited or confined or contained or destroyed or anything else that's kept you from enjoying the endless delights of shame-free, guilt-free, condemnation-free living. Scripture says there is therefore no condemnation. There shouldn't be any shame within us. Shame does not come from God. Folks, God is the one who loves us with a never-ending, unconditional type of love. Now, I could go on and on and on, but I don't think I need to. Because here's what I think God stopped some of you dead in your tracks. It's like He hit you with a hammer. You didn't think He knew you had that suitcase... Behind you, and you didn't think he still knew that those boxes were packed inside the boxes. And he's giving you a choice this morning: give the box up. You'll give me your box. I'll give you healing. I'll deal with the box if you'll stop running. He'll deal with it. Now, right now, I can tell you this. Some of you are hearing the devil, and all you can hear him say is, run. Listen to me. You can't outrun this pain. You know why? Because it's stuck on your back. It's a part of your soul. It goes with you everywhere you go until God takes it. Or let, let me put it a different way. Until you give it to God, and he takes it. I really believe that the Lord Jesus this morning is crying out with some urgency to some people. And if you'll listen and you'll heed what He's saying this morning, God's going to set you free from something that's crushing the life out of you. I want you to listen. There's a passage of Scripture found in Matthew 11, verse 28 and 30. I want you to listen to this. Jesus says, Come, to me all you who are weary and heavy laden all you who have piled all this stuff on your back come to me weary come to me all you who are heavy laden all you who have allowed others to pile stuff on you that doesn't belong to you that you were never meant to carry Come to me, all you are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. I will give you freedom. I will give you jubilee. I will set you free. I will put the pieces back together that are shattered. I'll bind up those broken places in your soul. I'll make a splint and you will walk again. You will be healed. God says, come to me and I'll give you rest. Then he says this, take my yoke. Take, Take my yoke. Walk with me. Learn from me. I'm gentle and humble in heart. And you shall find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my load is light. God did not put that box in your suitcase. Okay? And God doesn't expect you to drag that box with you until you get to glory. God wants to deal with it right now now Well, else I'm afraid if I I give him that box I don't know what's going to happen well I can tell you what's going to happen he's going to take it and he's going to heal that place and you don't have to worry about him opening the box up and showing everybody because he's not going to do that he's simply going to heal it and the Bible says he's going to cast it behind him never to remember it again He's going to choose no longer to remember it. It's gone. As far as from the east is from the west. While we were singing this morning, God just impressed a, a passage of Scripture. I'm going to be obedient, and I'm going to read it. I'm going to let God do what He wants to do, and I'm going to get out of the way. But there are some dry bones in this place right here. And you're dry because you're carrying loads you were never meant to carry. The the past is draped all over you. And it squeezed the life out of you. And there are other things that are draped all over you that other people who were in authority that you love and that loved you hung on you that you were never meant to carry, okay? And what's happened is, is the life within you has dried up and you have become a dry bone. So I'm going to read this, this passage. We're going to pray and let God work, okay? Ezekiel said that the hand of the Lord was upon me and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, and he sent me in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. And he caused me to pass among them round about, and behold, there were very many, many on the surface of the valley. And lo, they were very dry. <coughs> in other words, they were bleached out. There was no life there. And God said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? I love this answer. Oh God, only you know. Some of you are asking that question this morning. God, can I live again? And God said to me, He said to Ezekiel, He said, Prophesy over the bones. In other words, Hear what I say and speak it. That's That's what God meant. Hear what I say and speak it. He said, Prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones. Behold, I will cause breath. I will cause life. I will cause the Spirit. It's the word ruach. I will cause the Spirit to enter you that you may come back to life. And I will put back the sinews on you, make your flesh grow back, cover you with skin, put breath in you that you may come alive, and you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied that I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. Behold, a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to bone, bone to its bone. And I looked, behold, sinews were on them. Flesh grew on, skin covered them. But there was no breath in them. There was no spirit in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy to the spirit. Speak to the spirit, son of man, and say to the spirit, Thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O Spirit, and breathe on these slain that they come back to life. And Ezekiel says this, So I prophesied as the Lord commanded me. And breath came into them, and they came to life, and stood on their feet an exceedingly great army. I want you to close your eyes just a minute. Father, I pray right now, for more information on Eagles Wing Church, visit our website at www.eagleswingchurch.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Wing Church. Thanks for listening and have a blessed week.